Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many times we don't understand how amazing God is. Look at this verse. Psalm 139, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Around the world, there's an epidemic of suicide. People are killing themselves because they don't feel they have a better option. Despair and hopelessness pervades the societies of the planet. People ask, why is there this despair and hopelessness? Pastor Mark will be teaching about one of the biblical reasons for these troubles, that people don't really know who they are and why they're here. Pastor Mark will be telling you what the Bible has to say about your purpose on this earth. He'll show you that God says that you're no accident of birth and that he really does love you and has a plan for your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 12. As he begins his message, God uses people to fulfill his plans. We start a brand new series. It's a very difficult passage to find. We're going to be studying the book of Genesis, and that's the first book in the Bible, so don't worry. Get yourself a Bible, if you will. Turn in your Bibles, because we're going to be there in a number of places. You're going to start in chapter 37, 37, Genesis 37, and then we'll go back actually a little earlier in the book of Genesis. We are so glad to have you here with us, and this is a just amazing new series, and God's going to speak to you. Many of you have not been in the Old Testament for a long time, and so I'm going to give you kind of a big picture. Now, I want you to stop and think for just a moment. How did you get where you are right now? I don't mean like you got in the car and turned left. I'm talking about where you are right now. How in the world did you get here? Go back five years. Go back 10 years. Go back 20 years. Go back 50 years. How in the world did you end up at our campus and all the kind of things, the jobs you have and all of that? How many steps, how many decisions have you made to get here? Think of that over the years. How many of those steps you made, the decisions you made were good? How many of them were... Not any, Anybody made some bad decisions over... Yeah, exactly, all of us. That's very important because the decisions we make today turn around and they make us tomorrow. Now, let me give you a little summary of myself. Linda and I were talking about that this weekend. 
In August, we celebrated being here in Florida 49 years. We came here in 1969. Let me tell you how it happened. I'll go back a little farther just for a moment. When I was going to college back in the old days, I decided I was going to be an engineer. So I, Wayne State University was there. There's about 30,000 students at Wayne State. So I signed up, and I had a couple general classes, and then I had two classes in the engineering kind of section. And one was calculus, and one was physics. It wasn't long before the God told me that will not work for my life. I was totally clueless. Now, remember, you're going to see that God directs our steps. And I actually believe that when I signed up for those two courses, here's what God did. (laughs) This kid's totally out of it. Well, what happened is I knew I would not make it. So I was walking in the campus, and I came across this building called College of Pharmacy. I'd taken like two medicines in my whole life. I didn't even know what that looked like. But I felt God directing me there. So it was a five-year program, college, five years, and then an internship and all that stuff. And that's how God got me into pharmacy. Well, fast forward a little bit, and Linda and I get married, and I'm director of pharmacy at a certain place. And as I'm doing that, we've been praying about coming to Florida. And we just said to God, whatever, if you want us to come, we took our honeymoon here. And I've been coming here many years with my dad, mom, and brother. And so we just prayed. And God, if you want us here, then we'll just do whatever you want. Well, we were down here in 1969 on vacation. We had some friends from my dad's church in Michigan, where we were right there. And I said while we were here for a few days, we had never been to this area, Space Center, ever. And I just said, I'm going to go to a couple of hospitals and see if they have a need. So I went over to Cape Canaveral, and they didn't have any need. And I went over to Wustoff, and I went in and said to the individual, do you have any openings in pharmacy? And the administrator said, come back tomorrow. So I went back the next day, and we talked a little bit. And he says, love to have you. You're going to be the director of pharmacy. How soon can you get here? <laughs> so like, say what? <laughs> and here was the issue. I had been the pharmacy director in a small hospital, and I was given a bypass for that. We were in the war right then. I had tried to join and couldn't get in because I was the only pharmacist. So they gave me an exemption. I couldn't go. And I said to my wife, wow, if we accept this job, uh uh-oh, because I'll probably go right up to A1. So I went back. We prayed about it. We felt it was right. I went back, and I went into the draft board, and I said to them, my wife and I are leaving for Florida. And she said, you going to be the only pharmacist there like you are here? I said, no, I'm going to be the director and there's other pharmacists there. She said, well, I have to tell you this, you're going right up to A1. So you may be going to the war in a couple of months. And I said, well, we just feel it's, that's what God wants us to do. And I said, by the way, while we were here on vacation, I found out that my wife is pregnant with our first child. She said, have a nice life. See ya. <laughs> that overruled. That's how we got to Florida. Now, think about pharmacy. 25 years God allowed that instead of engineering. I'd have been failing all those 25 years anyway. He allowed that. And through that, we started churches. We, God used us. God called us here. Some of you don't like that, but I'm here anyway. And all of that started with a pharmacy school. Do you see how much God loves us? 
and the plans he has for us. That's what I want to talk to you about as we go through the life of Joseph. Now, understand this. You were created by God in his image for a purpose. Many times we don't understand how amazing God is. Look at this verse. Psalm 139. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. Now think of that. Before you were born, God had a plan for your life. An amazing plan for your life. He had that plan for every single person in the universe before you were born. Now, let me show you what that plan looks like. Sometimes we wonder about that. Well, look at the next passage of scripture. You'll see. It's explicitly clear. Take a look at this. Here it is. For I know the plans I have for you, speaking to me and to you, declares the Lord. Notice, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. That's amazing. I'm living that. You're living that. So I want you to turn to your neighbor, wake them up, and just say this, and make it personal. God has a wonderful plan for me. Come on. God has wonderful plans for me. Sometimes in life, we don't agree with that because you're going to see that the whole series is the ups and downs of life. Well, how can that plan be good for me? And we'll talk more about that shortly. Now, I want to share with you just three things very quickly. I want you to write them down. Number one, what's the first plan God has for every single person? What's the first plan? God's first plan is that we have a personal relationship with him. You see, 2 Timothy chapter 2 says it like this. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. You and I will never, ever discover God's plan without first having a personal relationship with him. It's not that you believe in God. It's that you have a personal relationship with him. Second plan is to make God number one in our lives. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously, and he will give you everything we need. God's plan is to make God number one. What gets us off course from that is simply this. The greatest barrier to putting God number one is me. See, the world we live in says this. Love yourself. Pamper yourself. Indulge yourself. Take care of you before anybody else. No, that's not the way it works at all. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you can't live independent. I'm going to direct your steps. You don't know how to direct your steps. I have a plan and a direction from your life. You have to submit to me. See, many people will do this when they become a Christian. Think about this. They want God to use Jesus to be their savior, but they don't want him as Lord. I just want to get to heaven, not interested in you guiding my life. It doesn't work that way. Lord means curious, owner. When you come to God through salvation... You want a savior, and then you want him to direct your life. 
I was listening to Andy Rogers. <laughs> I don't know how he said this. I'm not going to, this isn't for you, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's fun. He was talking about as Christians, we're to be like a tree growing fruit, all kinds of stuff. And he looked out at his audience. Of course, Adrian's dead now, but he looked out at his audience of probably 20,000 people up there in, in the South. And he said this, many of you, you're nothing but a stump. Uh, well, that, that's pretty clear. <laughs> In other words, no fruit, no growth, no nothing. Well, what he was trying to say is what I just said. You can't just go to heaven and not follow God. No, you have to put him number one in your life. Now, here's the third one. God's plan is that we simply trust and allow God to guide. We trust God and we allow God to guide us. You know this verse by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him. Don't lean to your own understanding. You don't understand his plan. And in all your ways, acknowledge him as number one, Savior and Lord, and he will make your paths straight. One of the things that I want to remind you about, sometimes when we think about God's plan, all we think about is, well, some of you are looking at me, and you're kind of thinking of this. Is this okay? It's just not right. Well, Pastor Mark, of course, you know, your pharmacy thing, you got here, God used you there, God did this, God did that. That's because you're a pastor. Of course, he's got a plan for you. But for me, I don't have that gift. I'm not that kind of a person. No, you're wrong. Let me share with you. Every person, God's plan for you. For instance, what is the foundation of our world? What did God use as a foundation of our world? The family. So in a family, God wants you to be a godly husband. And a godly wife. And when you have kids, he wants you to be a godly parent over those children. Think about that. That's God's plan for your life. After you become a believer, that's the first thing. Let me just share with you. Some of you maybe misunderstand this. My priority is God. My second priority is my wife. That's biblical. My third priority is my children. That's biblical. My fourth responsibility is the job I have. This isn't really a job, but it's a ministry. It's like your job. I'm a pastor, fourth. I serve God first, but my family comes before this job, this ministry. Do you understand that? And so you can understand it isn't about being a pastor with that special gift or evangelist or whatever. It's about putting God first, then your family. And it's not just about your family. See, I'm supposed to make God look good in the world. So I need to be a person of character. I'm not going to be perfect, far from it. But I need to be a person that has character, honesty. People know me at work for this kind of thing. I worked 25 years at Woodstock as a director. People knew who I was. I did Bible studies there. I led people to the Lord. People used to come into the office and I counseled them and lead them to the Lord. I was there for a reason. And I was far from perfect. You're far from perfect. But in school, in the business world, in the education world, in our neighborhoods, We're to make God look good. So those are all the plans he has for us. The three priorities God speaks to us in the Bible that are part of the plan of your life and mine. God first. We're to always be touching people because people are important. Believers and unbelievers. And number three, use my time wisely for things that outdo life. Amen? So... Don't just think, well, God has a plan for me. Well, for sure, Pastor Mark, for you, but not for me. No, 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 no. Go right back to your family. Now, as you get older, it's not only just about your kids. We still pray for our kids, 
I'm older. I have grandkids. And that just keeps going on and on and on and on. So I just want you to say this this morning. Look at God also uses Christ followers to fulfill his plans. That means he has a plan for you outside of your family. There'll be another plan that he wants to use. And you're going to see this in the life of Joseph. So turn to Genesis 37, where I ask you to turn. Genesis 37, first book of the Bible. And you'll see two names that we're going to talk about. Jacob and Joseph. Verse 1. And Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. That's the land of Israel today. This is the account of Jacob, and I added this, and his family, including Joseph, a young man of 17. Now, you're going to see today, look at me so you can understand. I'm going to give you the big picture. God was going to use this 17-year-old boy named Joseph to fulfill the biggest plan God had for the universe. The biggest plan God had for the universe for the whole world, still today, the number one plan he had, he's going to use a 17-year-old. And I'm going to show you how that works as we go through. Now, skip back to Genesis 3, verse 15. Now, you remember when God created Adam and Eve, he said, you can make your own decisions, you can direct your own steps, or you can follow what I directed you to do. Adam and Eve chose to live independent from God. And sin entered the world. And sin was passed to every single human being. And we still suffer from that today because we're born sinners. Because that got in our spiritual DNA. Well, after they sinned, you would think God went, forget it. Done with you. But he gives a second chance to Adam and Eve. And he's going to promise them something that they really don't totally understand. Genesis 3.15. This is God speaking. And I will put enmity between you. He's talking to the serpent. He's talking to Satan, to the devil. And I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman. The woman is Mary, who would eventually become the mother of Jesus with the Holy Spirit being the father. And between your offspring, the other demons, and hers, people, he will crush your head. In other words, the child that would come through Mary and Joseph would be Jesus. He would crush your head, Satan, and you will strike his heel. So we're talking thousands of years in the future. God's plan was already this, that What was going to happen was there was going to come a savior for the need of forgiveness because man had no way to get rid of the sin. Now, this savior would battle with Satan on the cross way before it. The battle begins right here. And on the crucifixion, notice the devil would bruise the heel of Jesus. That means crucifixion. He he would suffer But he wouldn't die because of that, because Jesus gave up his life. But the Savior, when he's resurrected, Jesus, he absolutely crushes the power of Satan and of death. Could I hear an amen? So that's gone. Now, this prophecy said God would send Jesus to our earth to provide the one 
the number one thing you and I need, forgiveness. That's what separates us from God. So you don't have to copy this, but here is a picture. Actually, before creation, God already had this plan. Before this earth was created, God had already chosen Jesus to be the savior of the world. Look at this. God promised a solution, a savior, Jesus, for man's sin program. Now, I want you to understand this. Right from that encounter with Satan, Satan was looking for a way to stop Jesus coming to this earth. And you're going to see how he's going to do it. He still tries to stop today people to come to salvation. He still tries. But if you choose, you're defeating him immediately by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, what would happen? Well, here's what God did. Something very strange. Understand at this point, there is no nation Israel. Adam and Eve, then we go to Noah and Babel and all of that stuff. And eventually, God had a plan. And he goes to a man named Abram. Later, his name is changed to Abraham. And he's going to create a nation. A nation would be called Israel, of Jewish people. And Satan knew that God's plan was through a lineage, through individuals, the line would just stay steady. And through that line would eventually come Jesus. So what do you think Satan's going to do to this new nation? He's going to try to stop it everywhere he can to keep Jesus from coming to be the savior of the world. Now, in this series, you're going to see patriarchs in this nation. Now, patriarchs are simply a line of men that God would use to establish the nation of Israel. The ones we'll basically study are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's kind of the standard, the starting. So what are we going to see in this series? You're going to see your salvation comes from what we study. In our series, we will see God use Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob And Joseph to fulfill God's plan that the Messiah would come, be born, die on the cross to provide us a solution for our sins. Now, I want you to look at those names, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Were these people, even though they were wonderful, they were used by God. Were they perfect people? No. We'll see all kinds of problems with those people. Unlike us who are perfect, it... Yeah, right. How many of you, again, made wrong decisions? You know, I was thinking this the other day. How blessed we are with God. Can you think of a thing when you were a teenager or maybe a young person in college, you came that close to making a really dumb decision, and God protected you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because I thought of a couple of those. I was so close sometimes to looking back and thinking, That probably would have ruined me for the ministry. Thank you, God. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you how highly God thinks of you. You learned that God has plans of prosperity for you, not bad things. Since the fall, of course, sin has put a barrier between you and God. You also learned that if you're willing to seek Him with your whole heart, that all that He wants for you will be able to be brought to pass. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be continuing his teaching, God Uses People to Fulfill His Plans. You'll learn how God used people like Joseph to bring about God's promise to Abraham of creating a nation from his descendants. You'll also hear about God's making and keeping promises to the people that he wanted to use to accomplish his plan of bringing a Savior to the world. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.